So happy that you're here in the house of the Lord. I want you to get your Bibles. Let's go. Let's do some work. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse number 12. Here's a word from the Lord. Romans 5, verse number 12. Will you help me thank God for our worship ministry? I mean, just phenomenal. Um, Romans 5 and verse 12. Um, when you're there, say, I'm there. I shall. I appreciate you. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. In other words, it was his fault. Who is a type of him who was to come. Verse 15. But the free gift, remember that, the free gift, everybody say the free gift. The free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more, somebody holler back much more, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded. Many. I want to preach a message uh, today entitled It's Free. It's free. Thank you so much. We're starting a brand new series today across all, all nations worship assembly campuses in North America entitled uh, Amazing Grace. Um, this is a very pointed and great time as we've come out of the Romans series. How many were blessed by the Romans series? I mean, did not our hearts burn within us. Um, God did some amazing things in the midst of that Roman series as we were awakened to the real power of the cross and not just the cross, but the burial and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the things that I believe is about to happen inside of this church for the rest of this year is that I believe the Lord is going to bring us into a, what I'm calling a grace revolution. Um, we're about to become aware of the grace of God in ways we have never become aware of it. If I were to tell the truth and I plan on it, most of us have been really aware of sin nature. We've been very aware of rules and regulations. We've been very connected to the idea, and I'll explain it further in a moment, of law keeping. And so because of that, it's been really difficult for us to do something that should, we should actually do in liberty and freedom. What do you mean? It's been very difficult for us to live for God because God never intended for us to live for him outside of grace. God never intended for us to live for him inside of law keeping. As I have been studying grace here, I'm finding out I don't know nothing. 
And some of you are like, why you got the mic? Because this is what I'm, what, 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 what I'm finding out is that God, I have been trained in this idea of law keeping so much in my life that it was so entrenched in me that I didn't even know it. And some of us think we're not religious. Because you go to a, a modern expression church that, where the pastor wears t-shirts and skinny jeans and, and chucks. And so you think... You think that, oh, I'm not, I'm not religious. Religion has nothing to do with your clothes. Just as much as you having long skirts doesn't make you saved. It's just that your skinny jeans don't mean that you're walking in freedom. Some of us got tats, skinny jeans, uh, you know, a nice special sayings. But the reality is we are full of religion. It's not condemnation. I'm trying to help you get free by the time we get out of here. The enemy has had you in a place of bondage to the law of sin and death. (laughs) So what we're going to do is that we're going to bust this thing up. Want some fun? We're going to walk through the word. I'm going to challenge you. You're going to tell me that I'm too liberal. And let me tell you how I'm going to prove to you that many of you are full of religion. Because as I start teaching on grace... Your big question that's going to come to your mind is, so you mean to tell me that we can do whatever we want to do? That's when you're going to know that religion is in you. Because you've been more concerned about keeping some rules. I'm telling you, I told you already, you stress out for no reason. Because God's grace covers your stupidity. You think your sin, I'm already preaching, I ain't even read. You think your sin is bigger than grace. So when you fall into some type of sin, you think God is done with you. What you're communicating is my sin is bigger than his love. Ah, ah. I'm going to teach you. Let's give you a good definition of grace, okay? Write this down. Grace means that which is freely given by God, received by faith, without being earned or deserved. I'll say it again because if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, grace means that which is freely given by God, received by faith, without being earned or deserved. If grace comes without me earning or deserving it, why do I think I have to work to keep it? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That's 1 Peter 4, 10. Please put it up on the scripture. I need y'all. I'm going to give you a lot. I need y'all to move swiftly today. 1 Peter 4 and 10. Um, as each one has received the gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the what kind of grace of God? Manifold. Say it again. The what? Manifold. The manifold grace of God. This, 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 this word manifold, the word picture that's painted in its original language is like a prism where, where you have all of these colors, all of these colors and potential shapes that are coming out of this one thing. In other words, grace is multifaceted. 
Grace, grace has all kinds of components. So when you think you understand grace, grace will reveal itself in another way. Uh, uh, um, I, I'm, when, on, on Easter, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach a message called "Grace Has a Name." I just want you to get here. And, 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 and when you understand grace, you understand that that anytime you see Jesus, you see grace. I wish I could get you. So, so almost every time you read through Scripture, I'm not going to preach it before it's time. Every time you read from Scripture and you see Jesus, put grace there. Jesus is the embodiment of grace. It's multifaceted. So grace is not just God's unmerited favor. Right? That's why I purposely didn't drop that in there. Because that's what most of us who have studied grace, we understand that to be the definition. God's unmerited favor. But the truth is, grace is God's also God's, God's divine ability to do a thing. Yeah. That's why it's saying that, hey, whatever gifts you have, they operate by that manifold grace. Meaning, with everything that God has anointed you to do, there's grace for it. So, so then, my inabilities is actually not a talking point. What I have in my pocket, not a talking point. My pedigree, not a talking point. How many colleges I went to or didn't, not a talking point. How many kids I had out of way, like, not a talking point. How many degrees I have, not a talking point. Nothing about my ability is a talking point. Why? Because everything I do, I don't do it by anything but grace. Okay, I'm going to work anyway. So many of us, what we're doing, we're wearing ourselves out by working through the arm of the flesh. And, and God's like, you can't do this by flesh. You, you can't do this on your own. The only way that you're going to thrive in the Christian life is that if you do it by Come on, you already know the answer. Work with me now. If you do it by what? You've got to comprehend the grace of God. Are you getting this? So first thing I need you to understand is that the grace of God is multifaceted. It has so many aspects to it. We could literally preach on the grace for the rest of the year. Not going to for those like, oh Lord, here you go. And, but but, but, I, but, I, but we could literally teach every Sunday to the end of the year and further about the grace of God. God's grace is free. Let's go back to the, let's go back, please, to Romans 5 and 15. But the free gift, the free gift is not like the offense. For by the one man's offense, many die. In other words, because of what Adam did, Right? Because of his sin, we, many of us, have died. And, and the law uh, of sin that has been in operation. We, we understand that. that but, but now because of Jesus, his power and his ability goes beyond anything that Adam ever did. So we've got to move out of the aspect of every single day we wake up trying to move into a laundry list of repentance. I'll talk to my new likes. <laughs> Listen to me. Uh, it, it, what happens is some of us are so tripped up in not failing God because you think that you're, you can do good enough to make him like you. Help me to get this across. I feel like I'm just like beating. It's, it, I gotta, I'm, this word is like a ramming horse through everything you've been doing your whole Christian life. You've been trying to please him. When the blood of Jesus pleases him. Let me, let me see. 
Once I come into Christ, I've said it before, but it's worth repeating. When he sees me, he does no longer see me. (laughs) Now, every time that God looks at me, he sees the blood of Jesus. Every time he looks, so it's not about performance. So, so it's, it's not about, let me try to do this. So what we've done, work with me, church. What we've done, if we get up in the morning, we're like, Lord, we try to think, God, what did I do yesterday? I mean, but I repent, I lied. Ooh, God, I was gossiping. Um, I, and we go through this list. Because we're even to the point now, we think if we don't repent before we go to sleep, when we wake in the morning, you're going to die and go to hell. Y'all trying to play me like it's not in the room. <laughs> you're trying to play me like it's not in the room. The spirit of religion got you. Y'all like, I'm not religious. Yes, you are, boo. Because you can't even sleep well unless you say, I'm sorry, before you go to bed. Because you think that somehow a loving God is going to allow you, look, y'all don't want this today, to die in your bed and go to hell after you've already given your life to him. I know I'm messing with your whole life's beliefs. is saying, he said, put that scripture back up. He's saying, listen, the offense is low level compared to my grace. My grace is a free gift. (laughs) Okay, this is it. We're used to gifts with strings attached. Right? He gave you a gift because he wanted some. Somebody talk to me in here like I'm talking the truth. Come on, y'all know y'all. He didn't just pay for that cell phone bill just to pay for it. Amen. He wanted his hand in the cookie jar. I wish somebody say amen in here. He wants gifts. With strings attached. We're used to we're used to gifts with strings attached. We're so used to it, we think something, we're so used to it, we can't even receive stuff that people give us because we always think somebody's after us. That's because the law sent it up. Listen to me. It's been so operational in your religion. It's been so operational. You don't think you can get anything without somebody wanting something from you. So then when I start talking about a free gift, you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, you're shaking your head. But most of you look like, you know, free gift. He's saying, listen, I gave it to you for free. You don't have to do anything for it. So why do you think you have to do something to keep it? grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man that you see that capital M there we're talking about Jesus the grace of the one man you you are you are receiving the grace that comes from God okay let's move Galatians chapter 1 verse 3 we'll just walk through scriptures my oldest recorded partner of the church told me she said I like you you're teaching much you teaching more Reverend, I appreciate your teaching, Mo. So I'm going to keep teaching from Mother Jerry. Listen, Galatians 1, verse 3. Galatians 1, Grace to you and peace from, the God, from, from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Where does grace and peace come from? What's the origination point from who? In the Lord. Come, come, kiss. 
Read the rest. Read the rest, dog. On anyway. So, so, so listen. To, so the grace comes from heaven. You got to make a decision that you understand and really believe that heaven's power is bigger than hell's. I mess with you. The truth is, many of us have not reconciled that heaven's power is bigger than hell's. The truth is that a lot of us still are feeling as if hell's power is bigger than heaven's. So we become more aware of what hell is doing than what heaven is doing. If I'm doing a good job, please just say, preach apostle. Uh, verse 4, let's go. Who, who, who gave himself for our sins. Okay. He gave himself for our sins. That he might deliver us. From this present evil age, according to the will of God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's go to verse 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. Let's just leave that there for a minute. Keep that up. I'm, I'm concerned because... He's talking to Rome. He's talking to he's talking to this church and uh, the, the church um, in Galatia. And listen, this is what he's saying to them. He's saying, hey, I'm kind of concerned about you because you, you, you came into Christ. But soon after you came into Christ, you moved away from the grace. So many of us got saved, but but because the culture in the church world is so bent on the law that even though grace brought you in the reason why you're not able to stay in the right direction and living for God at the level you want to live is because of the fact that you moved away from grace grace brought you in but then you left him grace grace brought you in come here Rashad stand right here somebody say hello grace so grace, grace has the ability to bring you in. But this is what we did. Once grace, once grace stepped with me, took me into the door, then I decided, you know what? I'm going to listen to this man. I'm going to listen to this system that makes me more aware of my sin nature than my God nature. So what I should be able to walk in liberty and freedom, I struggle through every day of my life. I'm scared of God. I'm scared of the person that carries everything that I need. So I don't pray, not because I don't love God. I don't pray because I don't comprehend grace. And because I don't comprehend grace, I don't feel like I'm worthy to step into his presence. You preaching sermon. Let's, I, because I don't understand grace, then, then, then I, feel like, I feel like I don't belong here. I, I, because I don't understand grace, I can barely lift my hands in worship. Because I don't understand grace, I can, barely, I, can barely, I can barely even share the love of God with somebody. Because I don't feel like I belong here. But what he's saying is that if I could just get you back over here to where grace is, your life will go to another level. Hit your neighbor and say, get to grace. I'm marveling, sit down Jose, I'm marveling that you are turning away so soon from him who called you 
into the grace of Christ. And this is what you move to. Please write this down. You move to a different gospel. (laughs) You move to a different gospel. This is interesting. So you mean to tell me there is more than one gospel being preached? You mean to tell me that there are many virgins that people have created and there are morphed virgins. There are retarded virgins of the original gospel. The only true gospel is the gospel of grace. Oh. I holler in a minute. I promise. I'm gonna holler in a minute. You get real excited when I holler. But right now, can we just walk through this? He said. He said. Listen. He, he said. I, you, I don't want you to go to a different gospel. Give me the next verse, please. The next verse, which is is not, uh, which is not another, but. There are some who trouble you, look at this please, and want to pre, y'all don't read the Bible, you want to pervert the gospel. Here's what it is. If I can make you feel like you got to perform to get God's love and stuff, then I can also create a system by which you're dependent upon me. So many pastors and preachers, I'm going to say it anyway. And I'm going to say it for the people in the back. Have created a whole system to make you dependent upon them. Because if you ever got a hold of grace, you might not need me the way that you needed me before. So I'm going to make you dependent upon my message that has made you a handicapped Christian. I don't want you to get a revelation of grace. Because if you ever get a revelation of grace, I like these lights. If you ever get a revelation of grace, you'll get to a point where you'll be miss. Uh, you, might, you might not need me anymore. You might grow up. Imagine that. You might mature and find out that I don't even know what I'm talking about. There's a whole strategy out there in these streets. Keep the sheep dumb. Let's keep going. Um, which is not another trouble you and I want. They, they have perverted the gospel of Christ to the point that the majority of those that are Christians um, don't really even embrace or understand grace. Because grace has been seen as something bad. We've been more concerned about being hyper grace than we have no grace. Religion has us so concerned about having too much grace, we have no grace. The Lord talked to me in prayer. He said, what is too much grace? He rebuked me. Because I have been one that said, you know what, all these hyper grace preachers, I can, I mean, I mean, I mean, my God, I mean, I, I mean, my God, you just, all this grace, 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 grace. I mean, you just want people to just do it. I, I was there. And so in prayer and in study, and that's why you got to get to a place where you get into the word. All of us need upgrades. You understand me? And I was in prayer and the Lord said to me, he said, Sherman, what, what in the world did you get too much grace from? Uh, verse 8. Look at this, please, please, look at this, please, 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 look at this. But even if we, he meaning one of the apostles, 
Right? That's what he means by we. He said, even if an apostle comes to you. Oh, look at this. He takes it further. He said, even if an angel. <laughs> he said, if one of us, one of the apostles come to you, or even an angel come from you and preach any other gospel to you. Then what we have preached to you, what does that say? Don't be quiet up in here. I said, what does it say? God told me in prayer, he said, Sherman, I am tired of people preaching something I never told them to preach. They are not preaching my gospel. They are preaching something that was passed down to them through religious generations. He said, if you preach anything than what I told you to preach was the gospel of grace, he said, let them be a curse. What is he talking about? There are people who have been more connected to the law. We understand that because we hit that in Romans, right? Here, let's write down this definition of the law. Okay? The law means religious law viewed as a means to achieve the righteousness with God. Or to achieve righteousness with God. I'll read it again. The law means religious law viewed as a means to achieve righteousness with God. So if I can keep this rule, okay, when you think about the law, I want you to think about uh, the law of Moses. God took Moses up high to a high point and gave him some directives and said, this is what I want the people to do. This is how I want them to operate. This is what I want them to, uh, to do in their lives. And, and so many of us have been like those that are of an old covenant mindset that I have to keep X. Y and Z. Right now, some of you are still you're going there right now. Like, what is he trying to say? I can do whatever I want to do. See, that's the religion. I'm just letting you know. I want to point it out to you every time. I'm going to point it out all throughout the message. That's the religion that got you. Scared. Is he moving in the heresy? What is this? What is this? The grace of God came in the person of Jesus. To not do away with the law, but he came to fulfill the law. In other words, he, in other words, it's no longer necessary as it relates to the penalty of death being upon you. Because when he came to fulfill the law, he took away the, you're getting this. He took away all of that that was put against you for trying to keep a law. The way that God created the law, he created it so that you would know your need for him. I'm repeating what I told you in the Roman series. Because he created the law knowing that you could not fulfill it. So he created the law so as you were going and doing everything that you were trying to do and trying to keep. No man was perfect enough to fulfill the law. Or to keep the law rather. So in trying to keep the law, you get into the revelation of, oh, I need God. Like, this is too much. And the reason why some of you are stressed right now, because you're trying to keep the law when you're in a new covenant. He said, it's been fulfilled. If you just grab a hold of the person of grace, which is Jesus, and begin to walk with him, you don't have to worry about the keeping of the law. Somebody say, this is good to me. 
So how did Christ fulfill the law? According, according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, he fulfilled the law, and he did it by keeping it perfectly. According to John chapter 8 and verse 46, he kept it perfectly. What else did he do? He did it by fulfilling its prophecies. According to Luke chapter 24, verses 26 through 27. Y'all ain't writing and you're acting like you know this stuff and you don't. Take notes. Ignorance will not reign in this church. Here's the next thing. He fulfilled the law by paying its final penalty. I like that word final. Okay. He, he, by paying its final penalty. Romans 6 and 7. Romans 7 and 4. Galatians 2, 19 through 20. Okay. God set the bar. You want me to say it again? My wife says too fast. Say slow. Romans 6, 7. That's so ignorant. Uh, Romans 7, 4. And Galatians 2, 19 through 20. You're welcome. Thank, thank Dr. Chiquette. Dr. Chiquette, she's the one that told me. Here we go. The Bible says, makes it clear to us that God set the bar too high to reach to prove your need for grace. Let's look at, let's look at Romans 6, 14. Somebody say grace. Romans 6.14 says, for sin shall not have what? What I'm here to do as God's prophet is to break the dominion of sin off of your life. When you think dominion, I want you to think domain. I want you to think property. Sin would like for you to be marked by it. And sin wants you to feel like you're its property more than you are the property of God. But the Bible's saying, I don't want sin to have dominion over you. Some of us, he's like, you're like, well, I'm not sinning this stuff. No, it's the activity of your mind. Have you ever just been mentally worn out or emotionally worn out? That was me yesterday. Can I be honest? I got home at the end of the night, and I was like, I am just so, I'm emotionally drained. I'm like, this is just, I'm just emotionally drained. I'm like, this Lord, have mercy. Right? Have you ever been there before? And some of us, were living like that. Because we're working overtime to try to make God love us. If I'm helping anybody, just wave at me. If I'm, Okay. I don't know what I'm doing for the rest of you, but uh, this, <laughs> sin shall not have dominion over you for, please look at this, for you are what? For you are not under the law. You are under grace. You are under grace. Look at that word under. Look at that word under for a minute. When you think under, I want you to think covering. When you think under, I want you to think covering. Many of us have been living our lives under the covering of sin. What God is saying, I change your covering. 
So right now, you operate now under the covering of grace. So as you walk through life and you live through life, it's not like, oh, I messed up. Lord, that's over. It's done. He don't ever want to use me in life. He said, no, you're under the covering of grace. Okay, I got to say this different. I need you to look at somebody that look like they're just about sick of this message. And it's good to see you, Gabe. And tell them next to you. Tell them, tell them, tell them real quick. Tell them you are covered. Look at somebody else around them. Why y'all sounding so Catholic and Presbyterian? I said, find somebody and tell them you are covered. Okay. So the next time that the devil tries to make you feel like your sin has separated you from God. I want you to look at that fool and tell him, my covering has changed, you idiot. The next time that the devil tries to tell you, you can't be in worship, you can't walk in purpose, you messed up in life today. I want you to look at that enemy directly in his eyes and tell him, I received grace a long time ago. I am under, I wish I had a church, I am under the covering of grace. Ask your question. Are you getting this? Don't lie to me. That's why some of you haven't even started. This is connected to you not even starting your business yet. Oh, I hear you, Lord. You told me, the Lord said to tell you, I've counted you worthy through grace. That only means something by five of y'all. But some of you know what I'm talking about. You haven't did what you're supposed to do because you said, I'm not worthy. That better not come out of your mouth ever again. Jesus said, I paid, I paid, I paid. I paid for you, so now you are worthy. Before you came into me, you weren't worthy. Before you came into me, you, if you hadn't received me yet, you said you might have not been at the place you needed to be. But once you came into me, I counted you worthy. I'm going to say right there, some of you haven't pursued buying your house because you feel like you're not worthy. Why would God give me a miracle with the kind of person that I am? Oh, I feel it. I'm going to break this thing up. I'm sick of it. I need every intercessor praying. I am so sick and tired of this sick spirit of sin and the law that has got you all tied up and got you to the place you can't even say amen. That's how much that religion got you tied up. And I mean, you feel like, oh my God, you mean to tell me that while I'm in this, he still loves me? I could still work for him? I could still do this? God says, by grace, I cover you you you, you haven't started you haven't went to go look for your house because you feel like God's not gonna give you a miracle because you feel like you got to pay and serve God for a miracle you feel like you feel like if I if I clock enough hours then God gives you miracles. So he gives miracles to the people that volunteer at the church. He, he, he gives miracles to them. This is what people are thinking. He gives miracles to people that volunteer at the church because that's the way that you get to the miracle is that I have to serve my way to a miracle. Falsehood. You serve God because you love God. You don't serve God to get a miracle. 
You serve God just because you everything to me. So I'll give you my time. I'll give you my energy. I'll give you everything. I'm not trying to work to please you because once you died on that cross for my sins, when the father looks upon me, he sees his son and he understands that he is already pleased. Okay. Please look at somebody. I need help in here. And tell them my miracles are coming right now. I break the power of every wall that's coming up against your miracles. I break the power of every devil that tried to tell you. I curse the power of religion. I curse the power of the law off of your mind. And I break the cycles that's been over you for decades. I break it off of your bloodline. I break it off of your family line. And I declare that the revelation of grace... I said the revelation of grace is about to hit your life like it's never had before. I need you to find somebody to say, here comes grace. Here comes grace. You see it? I'm almost done. This is week one. I'm just laying a platform. We're going we gonna to go deeper for the rest of the week. I just lay, just lay a foundation. Here it is. Three words Jesus spoke that really puts the nail in the coffin for me. No, it's not Easter, but when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Y'all don't want this. I said, he said, it is finished. <laughs> now, like, what was finished? He said, listen to me. The law no longer has power over you. I'm going now. I'm going to die the worst death that a man could die so that you could grab a hold of the power of grace. He said, what is finished, what's finished now is that the reign of law is no longer reigning over your life. What is finished, the weight and the penalty that tried to come on you before is over. I need you to look at somebody and tell them it is finished. Why y'all acting so crazy? Look at him and say, it is finished. Look at somebody. They tell him it is a finish. Oh. Oh. I'm telling you, I feel the glory on that. That's a prophetic word. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. I'm, I got to. Hey, hey, hey. It's finished, it's finished, it's finished. The devil is no longer going to hold me under guilt. The light of the monte, ah, nah, 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 nah. I break the power of guilt and shame off of you in the name of Jesus. You're no longer going to walk in condemnation. But the grace of God be unto you. The grace of God be unto you. The grace of God be unto you. Grace, grace, and more grace. I'm not, I'm I'm not, be seated please, the death, the burial. And the resurrection. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Be seated please. It's both the destruction. Beth death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus is both the destruction of an old system and the start of a new one. The death, burial, and the resurrection 
resurrection of Christ was the destruction of an old system. This is why the scripture calls it dead works. Meaning works that are connected to a dead system. Where you have been focused on trying to keep up. When God says you can't keep up. Because I already fulfilled everything that needs to be kept. You, you, you don't have to worry about keeping up because I've already ran the race ahead of you. Ooh, that's what he did. He went before you. God Almighty. When he went up to the hill called Calvary, I feel the Holy Ghost. He went before you. Before your mama ever met your daddy and your daddy ever met your mama. He said, this is what I'm doing over 2,000 years ago. I feel culture today. He got up on the cross and he said, listen what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure you understand that before you ever come into this earth, I already did it. I already did it. I already. Yes, I did. I got Sherman, pull it together. It's important for you to understand. The old system is destroyed. And the new system is birth. I got to go. Time is up. Clock says zero. But, but the new system is grace. 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 And I know, I know I'm going to preach about it for four weeks. But can you study it forever? I think the Lord wants to bring you into a new level of studying grace. Don't believe me. Go and fact check me. And go and check the word for yourself. And check the word and see if God is still holding you hostage to your sin. Go check it. Check the word and see if God is still holding you. Or has he brought you into a new system of grace? A couple of things I want to accomplish this series. Give you these, we're going to go home. Number one, God wants us to grow in grace. Siri, I didn't ask you nothing. Shut up. Okay, so the first thing, he wants you to grow in grace. The scripture says it's possible to mature in grace. So for those of you who feel like, I mean, I ain't never heard this preached like this before. It's because you haven't grown yet. So let me be an usher to bring you into a new level of grace. So you're going to grow in grace. Here's the second thing we need to do. We have to understand that grace has to be the foundation of our living. If grace is not the foundation of your living, the foundation is not going to be strong. If the, if the foundation is, is all kind of other things that you could build, grace has to be the foundation for your living. And from that place, we can build something that's going to transform not only your life, but the lives around you. Here's the next thing. you got to come in agreement with grace. In order to come in agreement with one thing, I have to come out of agreement with the thing that is against it. I said something. You, can, you, cannot, you cannot be in agreement with the law and be in agreement with grace at the same time. So what you got to make a decision is, no matter how much and how long I've been living this way, some of you is 20 years you've been saved. Some, some of you is five years you've been struggling to be saved. And now you're hearing all this liberty and freedom and grace covers, and, and it doesn't matter who I am and where I've been and what I did. Because of what's done on the cross, he covers me. And so now what you got to do is come out of agreement with you, what you've been believing your whole Christian walk. And you have to come in agreement with the power of the gospel of grace. Here's the last scripture, and I'm out of here. Second Corinthians. 
12 and 9. Won't be my last time here, but I will just introduce you to her very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. And he said to me, my grace is My grace is sufficient. Let me say it in a different word. My grace, Brittany, is enough. So whatever it is that you are dealing with and struggling with, God wants you to know my grace is enough. It doesn't matter what hell has been trying to bring towards you. Look at your neighbor and say, my grace, his grace is enough. It doesn't matter what you've been struggling with. His grace is enough. Look at somebody that looks like they're ready to go home and tell them his grace is enough. High five the person around you and tell them his grace is enough. Look at God's scripture. He said, my grace is sufficient. But, but wait, wait. Not for your neighbor. Not for those that's been saved all their life. But God's grace is sufficient. Okay. So this is for everybody that feels like God does it for everybody else but not me. Religion got you so caught up that you think you can release the miracle to your neighbor. Because preacher, you don't know me. Preacher, you don't know what I did. Preacher, you don't know how I was living. Preacher, you don't know where I went. Preacher, you don't know who I did it with. Preacher, you don't know how long I've been there. And you're right, my friend, my sister, and my brother. (laughs) That sounds Baptist. I do not know you at any level. I don't know the intricacies of your life. I don't know what God has done and what hasn't happened in your life. But one thing I do know, his grace is sufficient his grace is enough his grace can handle every problem in every area hey mr weedhead his grace is enough hello ho his grace is enough hello liar his grace is enough hello thief his grace is enough hello his grace is enough for the molester his grace is enough y'all don't want them to have grace his grace is enough for the murderer his grace is enough for the one that hit you and ran his grace is enough for every person at every level in every part of life his grace is enough for look at this i gotta go i gotta go for my strength Strength is made perfect in weakness. Your weakness is a great parking spot for the strength of God. God is not scared of your weakness. God, I got to get out of here. 
God is not scared of your weakness. He's not moved by your weakness. He doesn't come in, Pastor Byron. He doesn't look at your weakness and say, no, 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 no. I can't use them. I can't take them where I need to take them. He looks at your weakness and he says, look at my parking spot. I'm about to park my strength right there. I'm about to park my strength right there. If you're trying to act like you don't have no weakness, then you're missing out on the parking places for God's strength. If you're trying to act like you ain't got no problem, then you're missing out for the parking spot of God's strength. You've got to be honest with yourself and tell yourself, self, I've got a weakness. Look at yourself, point at yourself and say, self, I've got a weakness. And because I've got a weakness, I've got a place for him to park his strength. I don't know who this is for, but I'm telling you today that God, look at your neighbor and say, God is about to release a new level of strength to your weakness. I wish you would praise him because you're coming into another revelation of his grace. I know I said it a minute and you almost lost your mind. This will be the right place to praise him. He told me to end it this way. He said, my, he said, it is finished. <laughs> it is finished. It is finished. Look at your neighbor and tell him it is finished. Why y'all acting like you don't know it's good? Tell somebody it is finished. Why don't you go to praising God like you know it's done? I said praise them with your Catholics. Open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. And thank him for grace. I said thank him for grace. I said thank him for grace. I said thank him for grace. It's free. It's free. I don't got to pay for it. It's free. I don't have to give for it. It's free. I don't have to act for it. It's free. I don't have nothing I have to do to earn it. It's free. It's free. It's free. It's free. It's free! It's free! Why you ain't praising him? Open your mouth in here. You say, I don't do all that yelling. Well, lift your hands and praise him in the choir. But if you got a mouth, let everything that have breath. I said, let everything that have breath. Open your mouth and praise him. I said, open your mouth and praise him. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I break you out of religion. I break you out of religion. I break you out of the law. I break you out of sin and death. I release the revelation of the grace of God. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. I gotta go. It's finished. The free gift of grace is released to me.